One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, folks, it's Rick Wilson, and welcome to the Daily Beasts, the new abnormal. Hi, I'm Molly Jongfast, a left wing pundit and editor at large at the Daily Beast. I'm also an editor at The Daily Beast, a former Republican political strategist, best-selling author, and full-time troublemaker. We're here to have fun, sharp conversations with some of the smartest people in media, politics, business, and science that help make what's happening in the country and the world clearer. I'll try to keep Rick to the minimum number of F-bombs and try to keep our kids, pets, and other wildlife sounds from invading our respective bunkers. Hello, new Abnormal listeners. This is Jesse Ken here, and today we have a special episode where Rick and Molly are going to answer some questions about the 2020 election. Hi, guys. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Molly. So I want to first do the question that I think everybody who is a responsible person who discusses politics should do, which is say, did you get anything wrong? Did you think anything that was totally wrong about this election season? I got wrong a lot. And the thing I got the most wrong was, and I wrote a piece that Joe Biden should drop out right before he won the nomination. He had lost whatever it was. It was two first states. And he was just about to win South Carolina. Oh, uh, I remember yeah. that article. So that was the thing that was the, the stupidest that I have ever been. So, yes, I'm amazing. Rick? One thing I got wrong was I thought Bernie would be a lot more problematic for Biden than he was during the campaign. He was a really I, good service. I thought, he would, I thought he would snipe from the edges and sort of do a repeat of 2016. And I think that was one of the reasons that Biden was able to get firmly parked in the middle with a lot of the, the perceptual, uh, you know, aspects of how he was in the campaign. He didn't he didn't fall into the trap of having to like trying to back and fill on policy stuff. Right. So I think I think I got I got Bernie's participation wrong. I also got wrong that at some point there would be a diminishing returns level on the sort of alternate reality MAGA world, and we're still living through it right now. Yeah. I mean, at some point you were thinking, I I thought, well, you know, even like Fox is going to have to say, listen, you know, the president's not telling the truth. This is crazy town. Do not get on the train. But they wrote it till the very end. I mean, and even now, like the small bits of daylight you're seeing, they're really insignificant in the big picture. But yeah, that was was something I, I would say that I thought that, there would be a moment where they would get... He would lose them? He waited, and they waited until basically about a week before the election, he was getting very cranky about Fox. And he's gotten increasingly cranky about Fox. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. So, anyway, next. <laughs> what do you wish Dems did different during the 2020 election cycle? Look, I- I'm going to say three things I wish they'd done differently. V- voter registration, voter registration, and are you out of your fucking minds? Voter registration. Right. Because this is one of those Potemkin villages that that often appears in Democratic campaigns and then doesn't happen. Now, in reality, that's one thing I wish they'd done differently. The second thing that we have looked at post hoc, and it's a it's a sort of thing you couldn't have known. Right. Um, they even with COVID probably should have done some door knocking. Yeah. Well, that's what we've seen, right? And everyone thought it was a terrible idea, including me. I'm not going to dispute that in the slightest. And so they stayed away from it. 
And, and they stayed away from it for all kinds of correct reasons. But, you know, we looked back at the very limited experiment we did with direct voter contact with door knocking. And it was, it, it was, you know, markedly more effective even in the COVID era. And so that's something that, you know, again, there were a million reasons not to do it and they were all correct reasons not to do it, but I wish they'd done it. I mean, the recklessness of the Trump people doing it was probably, you know, contributing to super spreader events. But in a in a normal non-COVID year, that commitment needs to be ratcheted way back up there. Yeah. And the last thing I wish they had done in the in the in the cycle for their for their candidates out in the world was been a little stricter and a little more directive on how they encouraged uh, fundraising flows. God bless Amy McGrath; she's a great person but she was never going to beat Mitch McConnell. And that $80 million or $88 million sure could have gone to Maine or Iowa or Alaska. Yeah, I mean, that segues into what I think they did wrong, which is picking these candidates who lost congressional races to run for Senate races. And that's Amy McGrath and that's MJ Hagar. And that's, you know, that's a bunch of candidates where they were sort of John Ossoff is another one. I hope he wins. But, you know, those are people where they were sort of repurposed. And I feel like candidates that we see like, you know, Warnock, people where they, you know, are from where they, you know, they're sort of a star. We've seen that has sort of done better for Democrats. So I'm so I wish that there was more of that. Mm -hmm. And also there's this fundamental question which people have said to us, and it's sort of cynical, but I wish Democrats would think a little bit more like this, which is, and everyone's getting mad at me for saying this, but it's true. We spend all this time talking about why Trump won and why Trump and why people were drawn to Trump. But there, you have to calculate that some of this was because he was famous. I don't think some of it was because he was famous. I think 95% of it was because he was famous. And Democrats should fucking run celebrities. Like, they don't have to do it all the time, but certainly there are states. If Matthew McConaughey wants to run for governor of Texas, I'm totally down for it, bro. <laughs> I think he should. I'm serious as a heart attack, man. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, it'd be the, that'd be the tits, babe. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, okay. You just want okay. to do an impression. Listen, I'm in the Rick Wilson impression fan club personally. <laughs> do, the Bill, do your Bill Clinton because that's your best impression. That is your best one. Yeah. Well, Molly, I think the mystery that most women haven't really delved into, even, even at this time, <laughs> so bad. It's so is, bad. Is, is, is really fundamental. And it's not. It's not what you give. We're starting to see some Biden cabinet picks. What are you guys feeling so far about what he's doing with these cabinet picks? And are you are you pleased or are you not pleased? I think so far he's been very strategic about these picks. Yeah, explain that to us. I think there are two big messages here. First off, he's relying on people that he knows from prior iterations, either as VP or U.S. Senator, and, and people who are, are highly qualified. What he's not picking... Uh, out so far are real firebrands who are going to end up running into the Mitch McConnell meat grinder. Right. And that's really smart politics because what it means is that it's a lot harder for Mitch McConnell to train wreck, you know, a, a Tony Blinken than it might have been for him to deal with a Susan Rice who would immediately get like the Benghazi conspiracy guys all, you know, they, they would be in a frenzy on that right away. And part of that's because they're boring or what is the why? 
or because they've already had Senate approval? After the experience of people in the cabinet like Steve Mnuchin and the clown car of various, you know, Ben Carson, all these other people, you want people who are going to face up to the big mission of the first two years of Biden's administration. Right. That mission is dealing with COVID. He's going to want people who can make sensible, serious decisions on health care, on fiscal policy, on monetary policy, uh, on putting forth a budget that can get through the House and the Senate. He's going to have an awful lot of work to do. And he's picking people who are not these enormously, you know, controversial or dramatic figures. And that's okay. That's really, really a whole lot of okay. Because these people are going to have to go through Senate approval, do you think that's why he's doing it? I think that's a major factor why he's doing it. And and including things, like he's put John Kerry on the National Security Council as the special ambassador for climate. Which Who was to- that in the in Trump world? Eric? <laughs> Eric Gums? I mean, who did that in Trump world? I, I believe during the Trump administration that was handled that? by by Steve Bannon's second polo shirt. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, the emissary for climate. <laughs> yeah. Right. The guy who threw the plastic bottles out the window. It's like, Eric, I can turn the air conditioning down. <laughs> <laughs> so... What was your favorite crime of the Trump administration? Do you guys, either of you guys have a favorite? Scott Pruitt, moisturizer, used mattresses, tactical polo shirts, skips. <laughs> you know, I, I think you're one just of my batting, favorites. I, my, my, I think you're not batting high enough on this one. Scott Pruitt's whole job, and then he, incl- he employed Hugh Hewitt's son. Listen, I got you. I feel you. But I have to say... If you're going for straight up criming in the administration, you got to go to Jared. But we don't know half the shit Jared did. This is a guy who used the intelligence apparatus of this country to assess which foreign powers in the Middle East he should browbeat to give his family a giant loan. I got to say, that is some A-tier corruption right there. You know, I I joked in some article or something, I said, if you're going to be corrupt— Make it with a B instead of an M before the Ilian, okay? But don't you think there's going to be a lot more about Jared to come out? Oh, God, yeah. Right? Oh, I think we're going to hear about Jared for a long time. Yeah. There's a lot of articles popping out just today. The The Trump world is going to have a world of shit. Yeah. A world of shit going forward. It's delicious. And not to plug my own piece... But I just wrote a piece like five minutes ago in The Beast about how like Ivanka can no longer control the pieces about her and how that for her is just... I love that. Yeah, they, you can retweet it. Um, no I shall. Pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Love ya. Um, mean it. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, you do see like the wheels are coming off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who is someone you guys think really covered 2020 well, but doesn't get enough uh, credit for it? Jonathan Lemire. Who's that? I, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Tell, tell us who it is. It's AP. I think Jonathan, he broke a lot of stories. He had a great, crisp, analytical writing style this year. I, I just, I really enjoyed his work this year. I also think Shannon Pettypiece is criminally underrated yeah. as a reporter. I think she's fantastic. Every administration has pardons at the end of it. Do you guys have any predictions for who's going to get the grace of uh, his small hands? Everyone. Everyone (laughs) in the world who's a Republican and who's done something bad. 
Berkman and Wool. They did mm. free Jacob Wool. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they're fucked because really? all their crimes so far are state crimes. <laughs> Oops. He can't preemptively pardon himself, right? Okay, this is an untested legal matter in the modern era, right? So I have been told by several very smart constitutional scholars that it is not doable, but if he does it, there's no precedent. So it's going to go to court and be tested for a jajillion years. So I think he will pardon himself, but it's also an imaginary pardon. It's like me saying my official title is the Lord Emperor of the Sceptered Southern Isles of Florida, of the Florida Keys. It doesn't make it real. <laughs> Look, the essential thing of a pardon is it involves the admission of a crime. And, and so he has to admit that he violated the law. So I don't think he can really do it. And I seriously doubt there's going to be a, uh, a flim flam where on the morning of the 19th, Mike Pence is president for six hours and he pardons Donald Trump. I just don't see how that happens. Yeah, I feel like he's not giving up that presidency until it's ripped from his little hands. No. By the way, I just have to say this. I just, this is breaking news. Jesse, I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to break news. I'm reading Wait, this headline. Wait, why are you not supposed to break news? Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's it, this episode's airing on the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just have to say this. It may, this may already be a gigantic thing by the time that you, this episode airs. Uh-oh. Dan Bongino floats 2024 presidential <laughs> bid if Trump isn't on the ballot. Quote, I will consider entering politics again. You know, I would say that that promise and or threat is like a 85-year-old obese German banker with a young and beautiful lover. He may consider entering her. Oh, oh, yeah, this is definitely no. not getting aired now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, 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 horrible. My life just flashed before my eyes. Uh, okay, okay. We're, ba- we're, ba- we're back to civil conversation again. I mean, uh, 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 all right. I'm, 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 I'm going to round this out with three, with three nice questions. Okay. How do you think Biden will surprise people? Biden will surprise people by being able to get more done than we think he will. That's my guess. Biden will surprise people by being surprisingly competent on the mechanics of running a government in a time of a pandemic where we need a a competent president who is not a raging nitwit. And as he helps deploy the vaccine into the world, I think it would be a meaningful and smart thing for this country to show that a president can can accomplish things that that are practical and mechanical and technical that don't involve you know going out every day and blustering and screaming and beating your chest like you're some sort of wild animal that's good what's the best part of a thanksgiving day meal <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> well i can't believe that's the one i'm getting getting shit for wow uh- What's the best part of it? Uh, yeah, like food. It could be food. I, like more, I don't think they're going to give it where we are, where we're, where we are. But uh, the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. I only like candy, though. People have heard your candy crush ads. They know <laughs> you're candy crushing it. I, I will say this: um, I just harvested sweet potatoes from the garden. Mm. I got like thirty pounds of them. It's crazy. Will you make them with marshmallows, though? No, I will not because it's an abomination that is that is that is reviled by by, by all 
right-thinking food people. You're the worst. Marshmallows are saved merely for the ambrosia salad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You definitely are from Florida. No. I don't make ambrosia salad. That, too, is an abomination. I was going to say, that's, that feels that off-brand really to me. Gross. That feels real off-brand for me. It's super <laughs> off-brand. You put the marshmallows in the jello mold. My favorite part of Thanksgiving is the fried turkey, which I will be frying. I am a pro-am turkey fryer. Ooh. Do you remember when Sean Hannity did the ad with the turkey fryer? No, but now I'm going to look on the YouTube. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, it's not good. It's bad, but it's interesting. Oh, my God. I just want to say one more thing about, the, about, yep. about Thanksgiving in the year 2025. <laughs> When President, Bongino, when President Bongino is, is pardoning the turkeys. <laughs> when does Trump pardon those turkeys? That was today. Was it, it was today? today? It was it was Monday. Oh, well, it, it was Monday. Was naming the one corn to own the libs because it'd bring up Biden's long lost friend Corn Pop? I believe it was uh, uh, corn and cob was to actually own Jacob Wool. Um, <laughs> to quote the internet wit, went. I'm not known, <laughs> he said, as he shrank into a corn cob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest tweets of all time. Truly. So what are you guys thankful for? I am thankful for that the vaccine is coming. Oh, I win. I got the best one. You did. That was a really good one. <laughs> I'm thankful for science that's getting us out of this thing and that there's an end date. I mean, that's a big deal. And even though this is going to be a very dark winter, help is on the way. I'm thankful that America has been resilient enough to vote Donald Trump out of office. Yeah. Uh, it ain't over yet, kids, but uh, it's a damn good start. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. We're just getting started and don't want you to miss an episode. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm Molly Jongfast and he's the Rick Wilson. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again on the next episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.